There are um, some Messianic Jews who might feel like they don't want to identify as Christian. Christianity is a faith, but it's also a culture. There's, you know, a history that's associated with the Christian church, um, not all of which is positive. Certain people think that there's a political understanding or, oh, well, we eat a ham on Christmas. That's what Christians do, right? Hey friends, welcome back to the channel where we dive deep into meaningful conversations that enlighten, educate, and inspire. Today we have a thought-provoking dialogue that explores the concept of Messianic Judaism. I'm Jeff Morgan, and today we have with us Ariel Randall, the Communications Director for Jews for Jesus. Ariel grew up in New York and New Jersey and is a wife and mother of three beautiful children. Get ready for a conversation that transcends boundaries, fosters understanding, and brings us all closer to a richer tapestry of faith. Whether you're already familiar with Messianic Judaism or just curious to learn more, this conversation promises to be enlightening. Let's jump right in. Ariel, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, I'm truly excited to have you here with us to discuss an intriguing topic, uh, Messianic Judaism. So uh, I just want to dive right in. So for our viewers who may not be familiar with the term, could you please explain to them what is Messianic Judaism? Yeah, so just on a very basic, broad level, Messianic Jews are Jewish people that believe in Jesus as the Messiah. Um, but within Messianic Judaism, there's different groups and there's different things that that can mean to different people. And sometimes people say like, well, how do I join Messianic Judaism? And it's not that's not one group. It's not one uh, denomination or one um, specific um, organization. It's really that's an umbrella term for a lot of different things, which is actually the beauty of it, because you can be Jewish from any different background and uh, have faith in Jesus and then practice your Jewish life and your faith in a way that's meaningful to you. And so, um, Jeff, do you want me to dive in a little bit to some of the different groups within that umbrella yeah, of Messianism? Yeah, sure thing. And also, you know, like where where does the actual term come from? Um, because, you know, I hear it all the time, you know, why don't you say you're a Christian, <laughs> you know, and I want to get into why is that, that Messianic Jews like myself, like you, uh, find it important to actually say, hey, I'm a Jewish believer in Jesus. Hey, I'm a Messianic Jew. You know, why is it important for us to maintain that Jewish identity? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, so Messianic, that term coming from the word Messiah, right? So we're Jewish people who believe that Jesus is Messiah. Um, some people might say, like, I'm a Messianic Jew, a Jewish person who believes in Messiah, with that being implied that, you know, we believe Jesus is the Messiah. Um, there's other Jewish groups that believe in other Messiahs. Um, you, they might not, I don't know if they would think of themselves as Messianic Jews, but right. um, in the most strict um, definition of the word, right? That's it. It's just like Jewish people who believe Messiah has come. And um, some people would think about Messianic Judaism using that word of Judaism because the very first followers of Jesus were Jewish and maintained Jewish practice, um, you know, religious Judaism, really. Jesus himself fought in synagogues and kept kosher and, you know, all the laws um, in the Torah. So the idea of this faith and this practice of Jewish religion and incorporating Jesus as Messiah into it is really a form of Judaism. 
Uh, however, obviously, a lot of times people today, when they think of Judaism, they're thinking about rabbinic Judaism, which is something that came about later after the time of Jesus right. um, and is much um, uh, more formed by teachings of the rabbis. And obviously, um, that's a different you know, understanding of, of Judaism that is um, distinct from you know, the Messianic understanding. Yeah, I was on the uh, on the streets today, actually, um, just talking with people on the streets, doing some interviews, and um, it was really fun. And and uh, the people that I spoke to actually never heard of Messianic Jews before, um, and they were surprised. And and it's it's nice to get into conversation and just remind people that the the very first followers of Jesus were Jewish. It was a very Jewish movement, and like you said, they were going to synagogue. They they didn't stop becoming be, uh, being Jewish until um, not that they stopped becoming Jewish, but uh, at the Bar Kokhba revolt. Um, mm-hmm. they were saying, oh, the, the, the Messiah has come. And the Jewish believers were like, hey, wait a second. No, our Messiah has already come. We can't follow Bar Kokhba. And they were kicked out of the synagogue. And so at that point, there was a very major fracture between religious Judaism and Messianic Judaism. And it's been that way ever since. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So just going back to your question about, you know, why wouldn't we just say like, we're Christians? Um, I think most Messianic Jews would say, we are Christians, like absolutely we're Christians, but within yeah. Christianity, there's many different um, expressions of Christian faith and many of them are cultural expressions, right? The way people practice their faith um, of of faith in Jesus in France compared to Brazil, compared to Japan, you know, you have, you're gonna find believers in Jesus in all those places, maybe right. some Jewish. <laughs> But um, they're going to practice their faith super differently based on their cultural context, right? So we are Christians, but we're practicing that faith in our Jewish cultural context because that's what's, um, that's the, you know, it's like that's the language of our heart, right? And that's the beauty of, in my opinion, the beauty of, of Jesus and of Christianity is that it's a faith that has room for people to express mm-hmm. it every language and every culture. Um, and that diversity is part of what makes that faith so beautiful. That's so well said because it reminds me of uh, of what's his name, Rabbi um, Isaac Lichtenstein um, from the 1800s from Hungary. He was a uh, a rabbi, a very well known rabbi in his community, and you know he receives the the old te- the New Testament, throws it across the room. This is the source of all our problems as persecuted Jews. And 30, 40 years later, he picks up the the, the New Testament, looks inside of it. And instead of discovering anti-Semitism, he discovers love, salvation, forgiveness, and, um, and, and the new covenant, basically. And he didn't stop being Jewish, and he actually stayed within his religious Jewish community the entire time he was a believer. Now, he had some, um, some uh, reje- a little bit of rejection and some opposition, but you know, he didn't leave his Jewish roots behind. And so it's a great, it's a great point. Um, yeah. Jeff, uh, wait, I do want to just mention, yeah, because I because I know there's people out there who are, you know, wondering about this, right? There are um some Messianic Jews who might feel like they don't want to identify as Christian and they would say, I'm not a Christian. And I think that that is coming from um a a point of view that the Christian church um, you know, that Christianity is a faith, but it's also a culture, right? And that there's, you know, a history that's associated with the Christian church, um, not all of which is positive. And there's also, you know, maybe cultural understandings of what Christians are, you know, maybe 
Certain people think that there's a political understanding or, oh, well, we eat a ham on Christmas. That's what Christians do, right? So I do understand that for sure. Like people who feel like I'm a Messianic Jew, I'm not a Christian. And um, there's validity in that because they feel like they're not connected to that culture of Christianity. But I think it's important for me, this is my perspective, as Messianic Jews, it's important that we clarify because people don't always mean the same things with some of these terms, right? So it's important we might, I've said to people, like if they say, are you a Christian? I say, well, I was raised Jewish. I don't really identify so much with a lot of cultural Christianity. When I go to churches, sometimes I like feel like a tourist. Like I don't feel like I was raised in this, right? Um, and so in some ways I might feel like I'm not a Christian. Um, but if you mean if you mean Christian, like cultural Christianity, I might not I'm, I might not identify with that. But when we talk about Christians as in the global body of believers in Jesus, absolutely, I stand with that body of people, and I want to definitely be counted in that in that number because I think it's so important that as Jewish people we're represented um, in that body. So I think it's important sometimes to unpack the terms of what people mean when they say those words. Absolutely, because it. Ha- I mean, I, I I'm here in Israel, and the the term Christian or Nutsri in, in Hebrew has a very different connotation than it would in Europe or or um, in the states. And so we definitely have to clarify. And and some people will call it, hey, that's deception. Why don't you just say Christian? As well, because like you said, we have to. It's coming from a different cultural perspective that we have to uh, explain so that people can understand. Oh, I see where you're coming from. You're not just one of them. Because in all honesty, the, the term Christian here in Israel is actually can be viewed as a curse word in many, in many occasions. So when someone says, so you're a Christian, I'm like, well, let me, let me describe to you. I'm a Jewish man raised in a Jewish home with two Jewish parents, had bar mitzvah, wrapped to fill and went to Jewish summer camp and so on, you know, bagels and locks on, on Saturdays. Um, and, and, but, but I had a supernatural encounter with who I believe is the Jewish Messiah. Uh, and so, but yes. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ, which is Greek for uh, Mashiach, which is Messiah. And so it's just kind of helping people understand more these these cultural terms that are really looked over and not necessarily understood uh, culturally. Absolutely. Plus, yeah. And plus, it, you know, being a part of the Jewish community, you know, this is who we are. You know, I was raised in the Jewish community. I went to temple with my parents. And and so to to be a follower of Jesus and and still consider myself within the Jewish community. I mean, we have other terms as well. Reform Judaism, conservative Judaism, Orthodox Judaism, ultra-Orthodox Judaism. It's it's like, well, you Messianic Jews are creating new terms. It's like, well, no, these are just different ways of, of showing how we express our faith. I love that. Yeah, that's very well put. It totally. And I think um, as as Jewish believers in Jesus, I think that we can bring something fresh also to the Jewish community. I think we have a lot to give. I think that we um, uniquely can be a bridge, you know, especially for, you know, people who are interfaith families and maybe, you know, you have people of different backgrounds in one family, which now is becoming more and more common. And we totally understand that because we have a foot um, in the Jewish world and in the Christian world and um and also, I think that the values that Jesus taught are very much in line with what the Jewish community still believes today, right? About, you know, justice and love and um, and equality and all those things. So I think we just we have a lot to to give by still being part of the Jewish community, 100 percent. 
Absolutely. Really, really important for Jewish believers uh, to, even though it can have its challenges, right? It's important for us to have a foot in both worlds because we bring something special to the Jewish community and the Christian community. Wow. Well said. Well said. I I, I also have, have had a few conversations lately and, and my heart went out to them with people that have one Jewish parent and that parent just happens to be their father. And so they've never considered themselves Jewish their whole life. And come to find out when you look through the Bible, you know, Moses married a Midianite. Joseph and, and, and Judah married uh, non-Jewish uh, women. And yet the, the entire uh, people of Israel came from this patrilineal descendancy. And, and I was telling these people, I said, look, you know, we look through the Bible and, and in my opinion, you're, you're a Jewish person. They were like, really? I'm Jewish? And I was like, yeah, of, of course you're, you're Jewish. And they're like, no, I never. I said, you may have to go through some processes here in Israel uh, to be considered Jewish because your mother's not Jewish, but, you know, technically speaking, you know, you're Jewish. And they were kind of like uplifted. Wow, I, I really am part of the Jewish community. And that's kind of how um, I felt as a, as a Messianic a Jew um, that, hey, I've been a part of the Jewish community my whole life. It feels weird to me to, to think that maybe I'm not anymore, but hey, I actually am. Yeah. And, and even more so. Yeah, even more so because Yeshua, he connected me even deeper to my Jewish identity than I ever was before because I was completely dismissive of Judaism before I came to faith in Yeshua. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I think even being Jewish means so many different things to to different people, right? I mean, like think about being American. You know, I mean, that can mean very different things to different people. It can mean a long legacy. It can mean something new that you're embracing, you know, for the first time. And so it doesn't have to look one way. And I think I really love the movement within the Jewish community, this idea of big tent Judaism. I don't know if you've heard about that, mm, um, but that. a lot of um, groups, you know, here in the U.S., especially, I think, are kind of embracing this idea that, like, there's room. <laughs> there's you know, big tent Judaism, like there's room for people to be part of Jewish life. Um, and let's open the doors to include more people. Mm. And this idea of inclusivity being something that is key to the future, uh, because the mentality that maybe previous generations, you know, our grandparents had of, you know, we have to survive at all costs. That mentality served them right. in light of they were facing. Right. But what we're facing now is, I mean, certainly anti-Semitism, but also assimilation, right? And so we have to figure out um, how do we open um, open up Jewish life to include more people so that we can, you know, preserve the core of Jewish life and not have just this exclusive group where more and more people are just um, being absorbed into dominant culture and not being, not feeling like there's a place for them because right. the the walls are high, if that makes sense. So, and I think as Messianic Jews, we're like totally on that same exact train of thought of like, there's room for Jewish people of all backgrounds um, to embrace faith in Jesus. There's there's room for us as Jewish believers in Jesus to participate in Jewish life um, in our communities. Yeah. Well, what would you give as a, as a word of encouragement to those that might be seeking, curious, um, they might be considering Jesus, but they're they're kind of afraid of being labeled as, you know, as a, a traitor or a, a Christian now and and uh, maybe deserting or or what some people like to say is uh, you have um, kind of abandoned uh, your Jewish people. I mean, I, I don't think, I just want to say like if someone is facing that, like that's really valid and mm -hmm. it's not, um, that's not something to be brushed over lightly. Obviously, 
we all deeply care about, um, you know, honoring those we love. And so I think that that's a, that's an important thing to wrestle through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the that finding truth is really worth whatever um, mm. whatever the journey is, right? So if you're on a journey to find truth, you know, stay on that journey. And you know, there's so many promises in the in the Hebrew scriptures of you know God saying like, if you seek me, you're going to find me. Right. So you're not going to be ever disappointed if you go on a journey to find truth. And when you when you find what you're looking for, I think God will give you what you need to step into that. So I don't um, I would just would say, keep going, keep going on the journey and trust that when you get to those um, to those moments of making hard choices, that God will make it clear for you and he'll give you what you need to walk through that. And, And you never know. Sometimes, um, you know, I've heard, I've known people who were, you know, really concerned about that, about sharing with their family, about their faith in Jesus. And um, it it is hard, but I know, you know, sometimes they've found um, restored relationships through that, or, you know, maybe people um, were upset, but then came to really understand and respect this person's, you know, conviction. I mean, Jeff, you've been through this. So what's your, what's your perspective on that? Uh, good question. Um, in the beginning, it was it was it was amazingly elating, if I could, if that's a word. I was elated because I I I was seeking truth for twenty years, and and when Yeshua showed up in my life and and brought new life into me, turned me into a completely new person from one day to the next, from someone who was hopeless and suicidal to filled with joy and life. Um, I couldn't wait to tell everybody, but then I, I the, like, you could hear the the tires screeching. I went, uh oh! Everybody includes my parents and my brothers, <laughs> you know, and and you know how how are they going to react? And and it's not going to be good because I've I know the history of my family and and what they thought of Christians and Catholics and so forth and the experiences that they had with uh, my mom when when she was younger with Catholics and stuff and. And so I said, okay, uh, I have to talk about this because this completely changed my my entire life um, and my my psychology and my emotions and everything. And so I went through it. And at, at first it was very difficult. I met with a lot of opposition, a lot of questions. And over time, um, what happened was my my parents especially, they saw the change in, in my life mm-hmm. and they couldn't help but rejoice over that. Because they saw who I was before, the life that I was leading, and then what was happening after faith in Yeshua. And they said, well, we may not believe in this, and and we may never believe in it. However, what's happened to you is amazing. And so we don't necessarily agree with it, but we support it. And so that's been a gradual change over the last, you know, five, six years. Wow. So it's taken time. um, And also it's renewed connections with my old childhood friends that are Christians, and I remember one of my best friends, I, I I called him up like the day after I came to faith. I was like, hey, you'll never believe it. You'll never believe it. Because he knows I was Jewish. You know, I've been Jewish my whole life. And I I'm a, I, I came to faith in, in Yeshua and he changed my life. And uh, he said, and I said, why didn't you ever tell me? Uh, you know, because he's a believer. And he says, well, because I thought you were Jewish and and you have your, you know, your own thing. And I didn't want to offend you or anything. And I said, wow, you know, it's. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. So it, my, my experience has been um, filled with 
positive experiences, negative experiences, challenges, and and but the more I've uh, I've, I've taken a deep dive into scripture because my whole life before that was feelings based, and I didn't want my um, faith in Jesus to be feelings based only. I wanted it to be right. Yeah, I wanted to love God with my mind, and so um, the deep dive into scripture has only strengthened my faith. And the deep dive, not in just to the New Testament, into the Tanakh, um, which not only shows the human condition, but points towards the solution to our our problems, which is, uh, you know, Jesus himself and faith in Jesus. That's been kind of a a small um, explanation of what my experience has been like that. And and I go on the streets, I talk to Israelis all the time about Jesus. I want them to, to, to know who he is based on scripture not based on tradition or you know what they might have been taught by those that may have never read the new testament yeah wow i mean thanks for sharing all of that jeff i yeah. it, it reminded me as you were talking about you know a few of us um in our team here in Jews for jesus have been doing a study on psalm 84 and it's so interesting to look at these psalms these like songs that david wrote about going up to jerusalem to worship But then it's like, well, we went through the valley and we experienced God. We, you know, experienced these hardships on the road and God was there. And so there's this irony that like by the time you arrive to meet with God, you already met with God because he met you on the journey all the way, every step of the journey. Right. And so I think your story is a testament to that. And I definitely would encourage anyone who's watching this, who's on a faith journey by just saying, God shows up in the journey not always and in the destination but you know consider how he might meet you just take the next step right. and he's going to be there and you're going to um, experience him all, all along the way in unexpected ways and that's really what faith is right it's trusting that god's going to show up in the journey um why do most jews not believe in jesus yeah it's a really good question and it's something that um that has several answers, right? So I'll just start by saying, I think most Jewish people today just say, well, that's what I've always heard. That's what I've always been taught. So there's like a, there's a cultural understanding of as Jews, we are, that's one of the things that makes us distinct from the people around us is that we don't believe, you know, in Jesus or in other, you know, religious things that the, that the nations believe. So it's this idea of, you know, this is our culture. Uh, But most people don't really realize that Jesus was Jewish. All his first followers were Jewish. The original expression of Jewish, of of faith in Jesus was within Judaism, under the umbrella of Judaism in the first century, right? And, And that it was after the time of Jesus that you see the rise of rabbinic Judaism after the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, the leaders of the Jewish community had to had to find ways to make Judaism something that could survive without a temple, something that was distinct from the people around them, right? Because it used to be that the temple was that anchor that made us distinct right. uh, from the nations around us. And so Without a temple and with so many people being kicked out of the land and dispersed, how are we going to 
maintain our identity as a people. And by that time, right now we're talking about 100 years after Jesus, faith in Jesus is growing, right? And now it's not just Jewish people. More and more other other backgrounds, people are getting excited about faith in Jesus. And so one of the distinctions that rabbinic Judaism made was to say we're, you know, we're going to separate from faith in Jesus as one of the distinctions to keep the Jewish people um, separate. And so a lot of, I think, people today don't really realize, like, that choice was made for you by rabbis 2,000 years ago. <laughs> so, so, you know, maybe check it out for yourself. Like, read Jesus' teaching for yourself and um, decide if you think it can fit for you as a Jewish person. Um, and whatever conclusion you come to, you know, just make that decision for yourself. Right. Don't maybe just think, well, this is, you know, what I've always been told. And so therefore I'm not going to really think too much about it or look into it. Um, that's my challenge, I think, to, to my, you know, Jewish friends, friends and family is like, Hey, just, just check it out for yourself and go from there. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, that's, that was my experience growing up. You know, I, I remember being in uh, high school. And I was in choir, you know, high school choir, and not just to get an A, an easy A. I actually liked singing. And so when it came to Christmas time, they would teach us hymns and carols and everything. And and um, I was told very specifically, okay, when you get to the parts where they say the name of Jesus, just don't say it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is what we do. And that's how I grew up. You know, I, I, I never challenged it. I, I thought it was weird and I ended up making jokes about it. And I never mm-hmm. understood why, but I just went along with it. Um, obviously, until I encountered Jesus, <laughs> you know, the living, the living God, you know, and and He changed my life completely. Um, but I always, I always found it interesting that the 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 statement was, "How can you be Jewish?" The question, "How can you be Jewish and believe in Jesus?" And yet, to your point, uh, in the first century, all the, the earliest followers of Jesus were all Jewish. This was a Jewish movement. And they were struggling with sharing the Jews, Jews, Jewish Messiah with the Gentiles, with the nations. And so that was a hard thing for them to do. Wait a second, our Jewish Messiah has come. He's for us. And you're telling us to go out and share this with, because it wasn't, like you said, uh, Judaism in and of itself was was an insular um, you know, way of living where, you know, where when, when it was observed, people would say, who is this God that you follow that gives you these ordinances and this way of life and this morality? You know, I want to follow that God too. And and so for the Jews, it was very um, insular. And then when they were told to go out, it was like, wait a second, <laughs> this is our Jewish thing still. Um, and so the question yeah. is, how can you be, you know, Gentile and or not Jewish and believe in Jesus? And I, I found that to be uh, an interesting um, point. Yeah, that is a that is really interesting. It. I think that, um, you know, in the time of the Torah and, you know, in the days of Moses and the kings and all that, I think that, you know, God is is clearly guiding the people of Israel to be distinct, to be insular, and that there were reasons for that, right? right. He was going to um, preserve this line for the Messiah to come through that. He was going to set Israel apart as this light um, to the nations of, you know, um really like the first monotheistic um, culture in history. And there was an, a lot of, um, I think, reasons that God had for that. But in the 
in the Tanakh, in the prophets, we read that when the Messiah would come, will come, the nations will embrace him. Right. Right. Not, and that is, that's going to be like the truest sense of Israel being a light to the nations that from Israel, the Messiah will come. And then all the nations will be attracted to that. Right. So then that happened. Right. Jesus came. He came to the Jewish people. But then all um, different cultures and peoples are have been attracted to him. Right. And that's exactly what, you know, our prophets said would happen. But what's so ironic is then that happened and people from all over the world embraced Jesus. And then the Jewish people said, oh, no, now this is like a Gentile thing and we don't want it. <laughs> right. right? It's right. like kind of <laughs> funny when for me, like one of the most like emotional things for me is like when you go to a a church or a worship service or something and there's it's extremely diverse and there's people there from all different cultures i remember being at a a church one time um we're just right outside the san francisco bay area in the east bay of san of of um san francisco being at a church and there were people there i'm not kidding like i couldn't believe there must have been like 60 different you know cultures or something all in one place people in traditional dress traditional african dress traditional middle eastern dress you know like people from so many different backgrounds and then they're all worshiping together in unity it's like incredible right that to me really speaks to me as a jewish person because i'm like this is what it's all about this is you know what our calling was as jewish people to bring um, the word of God to bring the Messiah into the world so that all these people from around the world could be unified um, in in heart and in faith. And I think that's so special. And I think as Jewish people, we we should be excited about um, sharing our faith, like sharing what we believe with the nations and instead of the, the mentality that I think has been handed down of like protect, protect, protect. Right. Don't know, like we have to stay um, as this insular group, because I think that um, that's not that's not really that's not the vision that God had for us as as a light to the nations. Right, I agree. Um, so yeah, I totally I totally hear you on that point. Let's let's get to some more reasons why Jewish people um, usually don't uh, believe in Jesus. Um, one of those is is anti-Semitism um, in the past. If you want to touch on that, um, we can get into that because I think it's it's a it's a black mark on church history, but I think it needs to be explained in a way that's understandable. Um, I was talking to someone a few days ago and they said, well, you know, the church did this to us. And I said, well, look, the, the problem, and the Bible says this, and our Tanakh says it, the problem is the human heart. Uh, the human heart is sick um, and um, deceitful. And there are a lot of hypocrites in the world and... Um, if you take that heart and put it within any structure or substructure or culture or subculture, they're going to do wicked things within that that structure. So it's not necessarily uh, the church in and of itself, but the 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 ill human heart within the church that causes people to hate and to be hypocrites and so forth. What would you say on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that needs to be said is it's really it's valid, right? Like if totally. if, if you know, for Jewish people, when we have an aversion to, you know, um, what we understand as Christianity because of anti-Semitism, because of the history of 
um, of persecution. That's really valid. And I think as Jewish believers in Jesus, it's really important for us to like call that out and say, like, yep. that's legitimate, you know, and 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 those those wounds go deep. And uh, it's not something to be brushed over lightly. I think that people do evil. I mean, you kind of touched on this, Jeff, right? People do evil in the name of a, of lots of things. Okay. Like people do a tr- total atrocities in the name of justice, in the name of peace, in the name of, um, you know, economic stability. Any any number of these things are used to justify evil. Right. And I think what we have to do when we see great evil done in the in the name of something is go back to the heart of that thing, right? Because the heart of peace, at its heart, peace never should manifest in oppression, right? True peace. Not, you know, uh, not like peace for me, but not for you. True peace heart is never going to really be about and be justifying oppression. And so I think that if we go... Um, really with any great evil in the world, you know, we kind of question that. What, What's really at the heart of that good thing? Can you really justify that? And um, I think the same thing with, with you know, the Christian faith and faith in Jesus is when you, when you go back to the heart of, of Jesus' teachings, when you go back to the heart and the, of the values of Christianity, you could never justify um, the anti-Semitism. You could never justify um pogroms or a holocaust or anything like that um in the name of jesus and and that's what i think that that's what we have to do just as people is is question and go back to the to the pure heart of things that have been used to justify um and it doesn't make that evil any less but it just means that we can distinguish between um you know evil and good and not and understands that people use good to justify evil, but that doesn't make those things bad, right? I don't know. If yeah, yeah. No, it does. It does. And and there are, there are a few other reasons why uh, Jewish people don't believe in in, in Jesus. But um, I want to talk about why Jewish people actually do believe in Jesus, because you know, if we say, "Hey, you're, you're Jewish and you, you should you don't you shouldn't believe in Jesus," I was um, talking with some people last week, and I said, "Hey, what what makes somebody Jewish?" And and the woman said, not believing in Jesus. And I said, wow. okay. And and this is a this is a, a typical mindset. And so I asked, so mm-hmm. it's what you don't believe that makes you Jewish. And she said, What do you mean by that? And I said, No, I yeah. explained to her, I said, Well, um, you, you know, you can't base a faith on what you don't believe in, rather what you do believe in. And as yeah. as we see um many Jewish people, especially today, putting their faith in Jesus, Yeshua, getting new life getting forgiveness of sins, um, becoming new creations. Um, let's talk about some of the reasons why our Jewish people do believe in Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because when people say, why don't you know most Jewish people believe in Jesus? Obviously, we talked about some of the reasons, but there, another answer is just to say, actually, a lot of Jewish people do believe in Jesus. <laughs> it's yeah. way more than you think that it is, right? And there's even been a Pew study that came out just a couple of years ago where they surveyed the whole Jewish community and 17% of the respondents were like, you know, a, you know, there was like a box that they checked, like, I'm a Christian, right? And then, you know, they like removed those people from the totals of the rest of the survey, right? So it's like, well, um, 
you're always going to get a unanimous vote if you ask all the people who disagree with you to leave the room, right? So if 70% of the Jewish people surveyed believe in Jesus, and then you don't count all of them in the rest of the survey, then you're going to come up with a conclusion like Jews don't believe in Jesus. But actually, a very large um, group of Jewish people do believe in Jesus. Um, it's small. It's it's quite small when you're thinking about people like us, right, Jeff? Like right. you and I, people who are, um, you know, living publicly, talking about Jewish faith in Jesus, you know, Messianic Jews who are really um, trying to put that identity on the map. And there's not a lot of representation, right? That's an issue. If, if something's never represented, then people think it doesn't exist. So, you know, but if you actually are talking about in churches around the world, right, there's many, 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 many Jewish people that go to churches around the world and, you know, they're just participating as part of that diverse body. And maybe they're not publicly identifying so much as Jews. And so people don't even realize like, oh, there's all these Jewish people in my church or in synagogue. Think about like there's lots of I know lots of Jewish believers in Jesus who just go to a synagogue and they don't make a big deal about it. Right. They're just they want to participate in in regular Jewish life. They're not you know, they're they're um, they're not publicly making a statement about personal beliefs about Jesus. Right. And so that's part of our mission at Jews for Jesus is advocacy and fighting for representation. Right. And then encouraging people who are Jewish and believe in Jesus, like, hey, you know, be public about this because it's important for people to realize that we do exist. And fight that um, fighting for us to be represented in culture because we're right now, it's like when when people say like, oh, you're, you can't be Jewish and believe in Jesus. It's like, I mean, that's like erasing a huge group of people from, from the story. Right. So we that, that it's important um, to push back on that narrative and say, no, there's a lot of Jewish people that do believe in Jesus. Reasons Jewish people believe in Jesus. I think um, I think that, you know, when you talk to Jeff about your own journey, that it was an intellectual journey of studying the scriptures and connecting the dots. That's, I think, a big reason. I think a lot of Jewish people have never read the scriptures for themselves and really wrestled with them. Uh, maybe they they know a few stories, they know some, you know, rabbinic tradition. But I think that's one of the reasons is they they sit down and they read the Tanakh, they read the New Testament uh, writings, and they they see how that fits together, and that really. Um, captures their heart. Yeah, we have a lot of articles on the Jews for Jesus website that are extremely um, informative and precise, and they're extremely helpful. Um, so, you know, if you're watching, you know, just go right to the, the website and check those out. Um, to your point uh, before about the fact that Jews do believe in Jesus, this may be surprising to some of you watching, but there are estimated of tens of thousands of Jewish believers in Jesus here in Israel. And there are church communities or um, what we call communities all over the country from the from the bottom tip in a lot all the way to the the top of the country. There are uh, churches, you would call them in English, um, with an amazing array of people from all over the world, like you said, people from Africa, from China, from Thailand, from Korea, from America. <laughs> um 
from Israel, Jews and uh, non-Jews coming together from all over the world, worshiping the God of Israel. And it's just beautiful. Um, you know, and, and, and I think what's happening more and more regularly here in Israel as well, as I'm meeting people that say, yeah, I've met Messianic Jews before. Yeah, I've met people like you before. Yeah, I met them in the army. I met them and they were some of the coolest people I ever met. Not saying that I am, you know, I'm kind of a jerk, some, I'm kind of a jerk sometimes, but, um, uh, but God's working on me. You're cool, Dad. God's working on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but people are, are recognizing more and more that this is actually real. It's actually yeah. a thing. And uh, I've had many people that I've met in the gym, on the streets, come to a congregation with me. Yeah. Awesome. And you know what else is really, really powerful is that there's families where it's, you know, fifth generation of Jewish believers in Jesus, fourth yeah. generation. And that's, um, there was a huge resurgence of, of Jewish faith in Jesus in the U.S. Um, in the 60s, the 70s. Then um, also a big resurgence in Europe, really, I think, in the 80s and 90s. And and now in Israel, there's like a huge growth right. uh, of that community. And but he, I mean, I'm I'm from New York. Right. And so it's like if there was this big movement in the 60s and 70s, now you're seeing like second, third generation of people who are like Jew, completely Jewish, completely followers of Jesus. And there's like a legacy there that I think is powerful. And I'm excited to see, you know, you know, my kids and like just how, um, you know, God's faithfulness to each generation really is a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. So um, we just want to encourage you out there that if you're watching this, if you are Jewish, um, you can feel free to reach out to us. You can even chat with us anonymously on our live chat on our website. But um, I just want to back up what you said, Ariel. Just open the scripture for yourselves. Take a look at the New Testament, the new covenant that was promised in Jeremiah 31 in our own Hebrew scriptures, and and just with an open heart, read through it and ask God to speak to you. Um, Ariel, I, I appreciate you. I, I'm so happy that you're here to talk with me about this this topic, about why Jewish people do believe in Jesus. And uh, could you tell us what it means to you personally to be a Messianic Jew? And what was it like growing up in this faith for you? Hmm, yeah. So so let me tell you a little bit about my background just to set the stage, right? So I'm uh from New York City. My parents are both from, you know, the New York City area. My mom um grew up in a Jewish family. My dad um my dad um also grew up in a Jewish family. He's not not Jewish, but was raised by um, you know, in a Jewish context. And uh, both of my parents came to faith in Jesus as adults, mm. but they didn't. They wanted very much to continue, you know, their life as Jews and their culture as Jews, and so they raised me and my um, siblings in a very Jewish home. Um, but we knew that we believed in Jesus, but we, you know, we worshipped in contexts like Messianic congregations, which are communities of Jewish people who who believe in Jesus, um, often in in Messianic congregations, there's also Gentile people as well um, who are really excited about, you know, worshiping Jesus in a culturally authentic uh, Jewish way. And um, there, Messianic congregations are, there's a huge diversity, right? So there, right. I've been sent congregations that are, they're very similar to a church, but they're incorporating Jewish culture. And there's, you know, a lot of Jewish people that attend. Um, 
And, you know, they're really embracing this idea of unity of Jewish and Gentile people worshiping together in unity. There's also Messianic congregations that are very similar to a synagogue, right? Like everything's in Hebrew. You're going through the Siddur. Um, it's a synagogue, but what makes it distinct is that you people attending believe in Jesus. In addition to a you know a reading from the Torah portion, a reading from the um, from the Haftorah, there might also be a reading uh, from the New Covenant, right? So there's some small distinctions, but by and large, it's it's extremely similar to a synagogue. So I um, attended a number of different congregations growing up. I've uh, seen different styles. And I always felt very comfortable, you know, as a Jewish person, um, had met, you know, with faith in Jesus. That was my culture. Um, and I think the the challenges often came in interacting actually with Christians, right? Because, you know, then later, you know, as a teenager, um, you know, went to, you know, visiting different youth groups or, you know, I went to a, a Christian school for some years and that th their culture did not feel like my culture, right? Even though we shared a faith in Jesus. And I think a lot of um, Jewish believers in Jesus feel that that it's really hard. And I felt like this, right? It's really hard to be Jewish in Christian circles. And you just kind of feel like, you you know, like, oh, like, I, I you know, these are great people, <laughs> And God bless them and they're wonderful and we share a faith, but this isn't my culture. Like this isn't even like, um, you know, like when I go to a synagogue and, and we're, you know, and it's like praying in Hebrew, it's like, this is to me like praying in like a language of my heart. Right. And I don't always feel that, you know, in a church context. And so I think Jewish believers in Jesus str struggle. I've struggled like, where do I belong? Where do I fit? Um, be and it's not, and a lot of Jewish believers live in places maybe where they don't have a, a community, a local community where they are of mm -hmm. Jewish people who believe in Jesus, who are gathering and expressing their faith um, in a culturally Jewish way. So I think that's one of the challenges, um, maybe even the core challenge of being a Jewish believer in Jesus is having a foot, you know, in the Jewish community and the Christian community, which can be both wonderful and can be hard and can be lonely. Sure, I, I, of, I often um, use the, the the symbolism of of two worlds, the Jewish world and and the Christian world, coming together in these two circles, and yet there's a little sliver in between both of them that incorporates um, Jewish believers in Jesus. And so, you know, you know, the two worlds, it's a bit difficult, but it can also be uh, it also could be wonderful because I've seen yeah. um, my um, my Jewish identity grow tremendously since since faith in Jesus. So I have now more connection to my Jewish community. Mm -hmm. And yet I have this vast array of of Christian brothers and sisters that I love dearly that I would have never known or, or met had it not been for the Christian community. And so um like you said, it is it is uh challenging and wonderful all at the same time. Do you have a specific memory that you might be able to share with us from uh, your childhood that might stand out? which highlight the unique aspects of growing up as a Messianic Jew? Um, well, while I think about that and uh -huh. think of a story that I can share, I did want to engage with a few of the things you said, Jeff, because that was really interesting. I think what you just touched on, uh, what you said about that tiny sliver, you know, in between Christ the Christian and Jewish communities. And like we kind of touched on in our last episode, right, that sliver is not as tiny as as people think. But actually, like 
in those communities, there's a lot of Jewish believers in Jesus who haven't sort of um, connected with each other, right? So there's churches all over the world in churches. There's Jewish people who believe in Jesus who are attending churches and then in synagogues and Jewish communities around the world. There's Jewish people who believe in Jesus who are just continuing on in their cultural tradition. And so the more we can kind of gather, there's strength in numbers, right? And the more we can together and stand proud as Jewish believers in Jesus and public, um, public with our identity, then that's going to help people realize like, oh, there's more of a, of a intersection here than, than they ever considered before. That's a great point and something that I really didn't even uh, consider. You know, who are the Jewish people out there that believe in Jesus that are um, that have not been vocal, that have not shared their faith, that have not said, hey, I'm actually Jewish and, and believe in Jesus, you know, rather um, assimilated, you know, and, and just uh, within the Christian community, just living a normal, regular life. Yeah. And that's one of the things at Jews for Jesus that is, you know, what we do really is advocating and encouraging people. I mean, I've talked to so many people, right? And I'm sure you've met people like this too, Jeff. Like you meet someone at a church and they're like, oh, you know, my mom's Jewish, but I'm a Christian. You know, I was raised Christian or something. Right. And no one's ever told them, like, you're Jewish. And if you want to be Jewish, there's room for you. <laughs> like, there, you know, this, there, this is, um, uh, there's, there's an, there's an inclusive intent uh, mm-hmm. of what it can mean to be Jewish. And you can explore that, and it's you know you have permission to explore that. And in fact, our destiny as a people is to be a light to the nations. And so you haven't compromised what it means to be Jewish by being raised Christian. In fact, maybe God's placed you in a diverse community to fulfill that destiny of being a light around the world. That's what we're called to do, right? So I think that people need to hear that. There's lots of people out there that need to hear um, that it that there is that. Um, that community of Jewish believers in Jesus, and there's room for um, for you, if you're watching this, to explore um, what that could mean to you, whether you're exploring faith in Jesus, whether you're exploring your Jewish identity. Um, you're, you're welcome with us, right? Love you it. know, the story that comes to mind, Jeff, I, I really would love to share like a happy story, and there's many, many happy stories of like, you know, all the Hanukkah gelds and all the Hamantashen and all the Afikomans, you know, like there's so many positive memories. But I think the story that comes to mind that I want to share, um, just because I think this this is meaningful maybe for me to share, is um, when I was in college. Uh, so maybe I'm, I was maybe a freshman in college. I think I was 18 and I was waitressing, and I had a a coworker who was um, who was Catholic. And when I told her that I was a Jewish believer in Jesus, she freaked out mm. and saying, "You killed Christ. Your people killed Jesus. You have no place as a believer in Jesus. You cannot. You know, you're not a Christian. I like re- I reject that." And it was very very hurtful. Um, Obviously, um, you know, to experience that, I, I would consider that, you know, an, an experience of anti-Semitism. And I think that experiences like that are hurtful for sure. But then they're doubly hurtful, right? When someone's saying to you, oh, you can't be Jewish and believe in Jesus, you know? And it's like, well, 
want to go tell that person that I'm not Jewish because they feel like I'm not one of them. You know, so it's like you you feel like there's this rejection that you can experience on both sides. Right. And um, and that's hard. And I think that it's important for us as Jewish believers in Jesus to to talk about these exper- experiences so that, first of all, so we know we're not alone. Right. There's other right. people like us who've experienced this and we can stand together, but also to bring awareness that there's this group of people that do exist, but we're not being represented um, in in the in Christian culture often and in the Jewish community often, and we're not represented. So then people don't know we're here and and we're here, <laughs> right? And we matter, right? And representation is a really important part of that, I think. Yeah, and I want to get into that a little bit more. Actually, um, you know how the how that happens, how people can become a part of it, um, because you know when I when I was seeking, I went online. And I discovered uh, websites like Jews for Jesus and other um, Messianic Jewish um, organizations. And the information that they had there encouraged me um, not only to follow Jesus, but also to to proclaim it from a sense of mm-hmm. confidence, knowing that it's backed up by scripture and that the community, as you said, is not as small as, it, as, as people actually think it is. And I think that's a huge... Um, a huge point to make and also i think there's there's strength also in in doing the hard thing and i'll explain that in a second um because we want life to be easy and a lot of people come from before they come to faith in jesus kind of like a self-fulfilling uh happiness chasing uh mindset um, I want to be liked and loved, and I want my community and my Instagram followers and my YouTube followers to love me and appreciate me. If I do this, it's going to be hard, and I might face rejection, and most likely will face some rejection. And I just want to encourage you that doing the hard thing, as God is holding your hand and walking with you and filling you with His Spirit, is it's one of the most amazing encounters I've ever had because I was a wimp. I mean, I'll be honest. I was a wimp growing up, hated <laughs> confrontation, hated getting involved. If someone was upset with me, I would bend over backwards to make sure that they that they liked me again. And I would apologize and I would make myself kind of like a doormat so that people would, would love me. And when I came to faith in Jesus, I realized people are not going to like me. And then I, and I, I saw the words of Jesus. Remember, if they hate you, remember they hated me first. And, you know, you will be persecuted in my name or you will be, you know, and, and I thought, wow, um, that is a huge challenge to take up as a believer in Jesus, um, going out into the world and proclaiming, proclaiming your faith as, as we're instructed to, um, because I want to be a faithful follower of Jesus. Going out and proclaiming it is one of those things. I remember um, before um, doing the ministry that I'm doing right now saying, Oh God, I just make sure you don't make me that guy that goes out on the streets and talks to people about Jesus. And lo and behold, <laughs> that guy, you know, and because I want to avoid prayer. <laughs> I wanted to avoid the hardship. Yeah. But yet, but yet there's a strength, a confidence that has not come from me. I don't take credit for it. God has given me a strength and a confidence to to have me go out and share about um the sacrifice that he made in the most um, incredible act of love in human history. And so 
um, I just wanted to to encourage people that although it can be hard sometimes, life is hard anyway. You know, either you're with God and it's hard, or you're without God and it's hard. You know, hey, choose God. You know, and yeah, I mean, I I really resonate with everything that you you shared, Jeff. Just to put a a little bit of a um, maybe upbeat spin on it as well. Yeah. I um. You know, authenticity is magnetic, right? So I think that that you never need to fear, like, you know, authentically pursuing truth, authentically becoming the person God made you to be, right? Because, and and when you step into that, people are going to be drawn to that. Totally. Because that's powerful. And so, um, yeah. And so I think I think that that's, that's a, also a, a way to look at you know, thing, things are hard, but, um, but there's, yeah, there's a power that, that can be drawn from, from stepping into hard things and from, from pursuing them with, with passion. Right. Right. I totally, I totally agree. And I, and I just want to say that, that the walk with Yeshua, there's a purpose and there's a, there's a hope. So before Yeshua, I was hopeless. After Yeshua doesn't mean my life is easy, but there is this deep, I mean, man's search for meaning is just like this, this echoing theme in the course of human history, man's search for meaning and purpose. And when God slaps a ton of, you know, 2000 pounds of purpose right in your lap, as you put your faith in him and, and his provision for forgiveness of sin. Wow. I mean, I don't wake up. I never wake up in the morning going, what am I going to do with my life? What am I doing with my life? I never have that, that thought anymore. When before it was like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to be here anymore. You know, I have no purpose here. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I go through the hard times like you do. I go through the challenges and the struggles. And, um, and even Jesus says, you know, you, you will have tribulation, but remember I, I have conquered, um, the world, you know, I have, what's the word he uses? Overcome. Overcome, yes. I have overcome the world. And I, I put my trust in that, not in myself anymore. And he's shown up for me time and time again. So totally encouraging. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So Ariel Randall, thank you so much for being here to share your insights, which have given us a, a really valuable glimpse into a world that has been misunderstood for centuries. So I just want to say God bless you and thank you for coming on to the program and, and doing what you do and and, and you know, Keep going and may God bless you and your family. Yeah, no, it's been a great dialogue. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks, Ariel. And that wraps up our enlightening conversation with Ariel Randall on the experiences and challenges of growing up as a Messianic Jew. I want to express my deep gratitude to Ariel for joining us today and sharing her personal journey with such openness and honesty. To our viewers, we encourage you to continue the conversation by sharing your thoughts and questions in the comments below or contact us at jewsforjesus.org where you can chat with us live and anonymously. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And let's remember that understanding our differences and celebrating our shared humanity can lead to a more inclusive and compassionate world. Stay tuned for more thought-provoking discussions that aim to broaden our horizons and connect us through the power of shared stories and experiences. And may you all find peace, hope, and everlasting life in our Messiah, Yeshua.